Artificial intelligence can do a lot of interesting things, but will it be able to replace Hollywood writers and create better movies? We might be on the cusp of finding this out. Also, could the Apple AR VR headset be obsolete before it's even launched? These topics and more are coming up on Today in Tech. Hi, everyone. I'm Keith Shaw. Welcome to Today in Tech. Pushing the buttons, as always, is Chris from behind the computer. Hello, Chris. Hey, how's it going? I like this idea for the show. So, we, we you know, the writer strike in Hollywood uh, has been going on for a couple days now. Mm-hmm. And normally we wouldn't really talk about sort of uh, labor shortages and strikes and, and things like that because most of the issues are around just sort of money issues with, you know, requirement of how many writers are in a writer room and things like that. But there is an artificial intelligence aspect to it. Uh, which I, I do want to talk about because the first thing I thought when the the WGA went on strike was why would they do that when you've got all of this AI chat GPT stuff going on there, and so um, I, there well are they're going co- on strike mainly because of money right right is that the reason right reason? that's that's the main reason but in in you know so I was checking just to sort of get updates from uh, two two news sources Variety.com and Deadline.com which writes a lot about these issues. And so the, the first one from the Variety article, um, they do say among one of the thorniest issues is artificial intelligence. The WGA came in with a proposal to prevent AI from being considered as, quote, literary material or source material under the contract. This would mean that even if AI material was used in the screenwriting process, it would not affect writers' compensation or credits. Uh, and of course, this would uh, potentially rob studios of any economic incentive to use AI, at least for guild-covered projects. Uh, the WGA said the goal is, in fact, to prevent the is is in fact to prevent the use of AI, and has argued that AI material cannot be copyrighted anyway. Um, and so the studios basically said, "Well, you know, we don't want to really sort of talk about that at all." And um, so, do they just not want to? I just don't. I I think that the studios want to have that in their back pocket, and that's what's got the Writers Guild kind of concerned. Um, but there is a, a cool quote here. Um, you know, though AI may seem like a minor issue now, guild leaders say they fear what could happen down the road. Uh, the the studios, the, the you know, AMT, AMPTP, which I think represents the studios, refused to rule out using it at some point in the future as technology advances. And, quote, we fear the possibility of AI, which could mean that hundreds and hundreds of shows could work with one writer and a machine. So... But so do they have the guarantee from the WGA, heads of WGA, to not use AI? I mean, is, isn't that what they're saying? Say that again. They, they, yeah, I, I don't think that they say, they're looking for... Yeah, I think that they're looking for guarantees that they're basically not going to fire a bunch of writers uh, because they can get the same sort of content produced by AI. Yeah, so they're saying the w, WGA has said that its goals um is in fact to prevent the use of ai and has argued that ai material cannot be covered so when they say um wga do they mean the the body of the wga or the heads of the wga well i think the writers guild represent wga represents all of the writers for right the writers union basically writers guild so there was another article from deadline um basically that said 
WGA negotiating committee co-chair Chris Kaiser told Deadline in a Picket Line interview that the studios would not even broach the subject. Quote, they would not discuss AI. I think you get a really good sense from the companies about where they see the future based on what they say they won't talk about because the stuff they'll say yes to is the stuff they feel like they can absorb so easily or maybe not pay in the long run. Uh, Right now, I think we have a pretty simple philosophy, which is AI can't be literary material. It can't be a draft that we have to write or that we have to rewrite. It doesn't mean that companies won't use it in some ways. It can be research material, but it can't be literary material. I'll say this. No one knows exactly what AI is going to be. But the fact that the companies won't talk about it is the best indication we've had that we have a reason to fear it. Um, So it does feel like they do have a point here. That if, you know, I, and again, I, I don't want to get into the whole negotiating issues between, you know, management and, and unions, because that's not sort of what I'm about. But the feeling, at least from this side, is like one side wants potentially to use it. The other side is like, well, before you do that, we need this, some guarantees that you're not going to basically just get rid of all of us. Which is, I mean, and again, take this and apply any sort of automation or robots or other types of of tactics to sort of you know that companies have used in the past and you can sort of see a common theme here Uh, but but you know the interesting part of of this strike is that immediately all of the the tv shows that use you know writers on a daily basis Mm -hmm. uh the late night shows yeah the talk shows all the talk shows uh saturday night live they canceled this week or they postponed it, or basically just said they're they're going to run repeats until they until this thing is settled. Um, so they're use you know so they're they're they can't because they can't use the physical writers to write these jokes. Um, so I started thinking about it, I was like I'm wondering if I wonder if AI could write jokes that are relevant or uh, funny, and you know in terms of based on the news. So I went to Bing. And I went to the, the, which is, you know, got ChatGPT integrated into it. Oh boy, here we go. Yeah. And I asked it to write 10 jokes based on the front page of the Wall Street Journal homepage. Now, again, it could have been the front page of the Wall Street Journal. I think it took the answer and just said, you know, write 10 jokes based on the news of the day because it it didn't necessarily tie these jokes to specific articles. Yeah. Um, Okay. So I'm going to read the, they're all cringy. They're all bad. Okay. So we're going to just... Kind of set that re- that bar really low. All right, so the first one, what do you call a Facebook parent who is happy with their earnings? No idea. A metamorphosis. Ha, 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 If ha. we had a laugh track here, this is where uh, you'd insert the laugh track. Yeah, I don't have a laugh okay. track. How do you know if a Lyft driver is cutting costs? They ask you to get out and push. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, how do you make a recession wait? You Wait, tell, how, how do you what? How do you make a recession wait? Wait? Yeah. How do you make a recession wait? Yep. Okay. You, you tell it to hold the line while you check your GDP. None of these are funny. Oh, okay. I get that one. Okay. I, I get it, but it's not funny. Okay. And then the last one, uh, what do you call a bank that no one wants to buy? A First Republic problem. <laughs> <laughs> slightly yeah, slightly better. funny but it's like better. obviously i you know i would basically show those jokes to the to the the studio heads and say you got a long way before ai can, can really do funny jokes it's definitely a, a timely joke now you know? interestingly enough i had some really offensive not a yeah i maybe offensive jokes you know they had ones that like made fun of a mass shooting and it's like okay yeah, that, no. that, that was a dark one. That yeah, that one. went dark. And then there were a couple of ones that 
I don't even know if this is offensive or not. I don't, and I want to say it on the show, but it, you know, yeah, I, it was just, all right, here's one. What do you get when you cross a dragon with a unicorn in a drop box? I don't even know what that means. I have no idea. I mean, yeah. well, that's the thing about the, the AI chatbots is it doesn't know if what it's, you know, creating going to be funny. It definitely doesn't it to know. make a joke. It, it doesn't know. All it knows is like, uh, it needs the certain, you know, beginning, middle, and end of a joke, whatever they're called. Right. What it's called. And, it, and I think they, they rely on wordplay and, you know, maybe if you were asking a, f- a three-year-old or a four-year-old to make yeah. a joke and if they, they, uh, they started to understand wordplay and puns, then they might get something close to what this is. Um, now, on the other hand, you could ask ChatGPT and some of these things to sort of come up with ideas for a show or write me a, you know, a, a, a three-paragraph synopsis of a story involving a robot, a, uh, a duck, and a chicken, and then maybe it would come up with something that might be interesting. So again, using it as a framework. And I don't think that the Writers Guilds are, are sort of concerned about that if you use it, again, for research material or for background, but obviously not a first draft. You know, you're know, you not going to just submit it completely. Just like students in a, in a classroom are not going to submit AI chat GPT driven thing as their homework. You're going to take it and you're right. going to revise well, it and you're going to adapt it. There's the issue of, of how do you copyright it? Like, yeah, it, sure. It, you, it can't be copyrighted. At no, this that's point. the thing. That's the thing. It can't. So it's like, yeah, you could use it as like a draft, but then, you know, you, you, you create off of that. Like, how do you, right. how, how do you do that? Right. So I, I, I do think there's you know, part of the WGA's issue is um, it, it was said here in, uh, one of the articles here, something about how the value of writers has gone down due to the fact of streaming, because you know all the streaming platforms are monetizing their content, mm-hmm. TV shows and movies. So um, I think they're trying to cut costs in order to create, to create more content, right? And I think the Writers Guild is getting hit. And uh, um, I know they mentioned that in one of these articles. Yeah, I, so that, I, might, that might be another aspect. But it was it. definitely one of the issues when streaming first started out too. Was you know getting money for things that you know again maybe you're you're you wrote for a TV show and it was on broadcast TV and you got paid for that and you would get paid royalties or residuals every time it repeats on a. Uh, I think that's on, the, on a TV show, but then it would you wouldn't get paid if it was on a streaming platform, and so that was one of the issues again, maybe ten years ago, ten fifteen years ago, or whatever right. the last time it was. Um, and now you're you know you're seeing the same sort of thing. Hey, we're recognizing that AI is a potential possibility. Uh, we want to make sure that we're not left out in the cold and don't get any money for anything that gets produced by AI or or you know a, another platform in the future. Yeah, it's going to be a long time. Uh before this is settled, yeah. you think? You think this might be a long haul no, thing? No, before or, AI can actually oh, oh, I see. take yeah. over roles. Because, again, so again, so initially when I heard about the strike, I'm like, why would they ever go on strike when you've got this sort of in your corner? And then I had it try to write some jokes and realized, oh, yeah, they're not there yet. And at the same time, uh, this week, in the past few weeks, there's been AI-generated movie trailers and some commercials as more and more companies sort of integrate the images and the and the uh, video and the audio to come up with things, and you can see that there's still a lot of progress that needs to be made, but we're not that far off. Like you want to show a couple that that have impressed you. There's a couple that have impressed us, and then there's there's one that we want to show that is just horrible. 
are horrific. Um, yeah, Not so, horrific, like just nightmare fuel. Well, we can show the... Um, show the first one that you liked, right? Yeah, let me see. It's called the Great Catsby. Okay. And again, this was completely uh, generated and um, shout out to Christian F. He used... Um, what did he use? AI Cinema? No, no, no. He used Eleven Labs. Studio, okay. Right? Is that... Yep. That's the platform that where you can. That was the one where you AI. can clone voices. Okay, yeah. so they use that and some other uh, software or, or platform. I, I feel like you know you know what I feel like before you start playing this. Yeah, I feel like we're already behind you and like you and I in terms of news. We could, like well, no, <laughs> like news of AI. No, it, no, it I'm not behind. So on, I'm not behind on that. But <laughs> like you, you're a video editor. You're a video guy. Yeah. Like. You almost like, do you need to start teaching yourself these tools that are coming out to see what we could generate? Like, I, I'm on mid-journey just from because I like the the visual image ideas. Yeah. But I, but then I'm already behind now. Now I got to start thinking about creating videos. Well, I, honestly, I I don't even want to I don't even want to look into it because why do I want to look into a tool that's going to do my job? Like that's the no. But but if you, you know can what I mean? no. But what I found is that. The, the skill of coming up with the perfect prompt is good. Like, that's what, that's what humans should do, is figuring out the best ways to get something, to get that AI to generate it. Mm-hmm. All right, we can talk about that later, but let's, let's, let's yeah, watch, yeah, yeah. Let's let watch me, this let video. This. For, this is called The Great Catsby. I, so this was generated. In a world of glamour and intrigue, where nothing is quite as it seems... One chance encounter leads to a night of unforgettable and you can definitely, yeah, It's you, like watching a moving painting. You can, We've reached that uncanny Music valley where you can tell something is it's fake. Like stepping into a whimsical dream. Just look at their fingers. Yeah. Yes. Yes. This dream even more enchanting, madame. Yes, the AI still has not been able to get fingers right. Unexpected twists oh. And a touch of feline elegance. This whimsical and captivating romantic comedy set in the glamorous 1930s era is sure to sweep you off your feet. This night just keeps getting more and more peculiar. Oh, I want to pause it here for a second. Okay. Uh, where is it? I think it's coming up. It seems to have given it a double life. From the visionary creator of Taste of Duality. You notice anything wrong here? Yeah. <laughs> the lady. Oh, the lady's arm is weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, uh, it's, it's like two arms that are connected. They're not connected to the shoulder blade there. Right. So, yeah, I mean, you can definitely tell, like, as you're watching it, it's yeah. trying to figure out... Where to move. Right, because it's, it's by frame, right? Right. Whereas we're used to AI-generated images. It just needs to create one frame yep. for one image. This yep. is, like, it's trying to anticipate and stuff, and it's like... Yeah, it, if you look it, at it really quickly, you, you might not notice yeah, like that, from that, a distance, that those arms... Those are two, two arms and hands connected to the same elbow. <laughs> right, like, like, if you were to watch this from a distance and close one eye, it might look like it makes sense but once yeah. you look at it you know close but anyways let's uh it's almost done okay comes a movie that will leave you spellbound and craving more get ready to experience the like i think there was a, a disembodied <laughs> now that's that was supposed to be Lenny, leonardo right oh cat spy not even cat's bait a celebration of passion humor and the pursuit of the perfect romance coming soon to a screen near you yeah okay Interesting. I mean, it's 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 impressive. It, it really is impressive. But like looking at it, it's it's kind of like that's something I would want to shoot. 
You know what I mean? Right. I, I, I yes, want to leave it's it not, to it's 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 not really a, a trailer in the way that we're normally like. You wouldn't right. know what that movie was about other than weird cats in in a 1920s jazz type of thing. Mm-hmm. Like at least modern trailers have a beginning, middle, and an end, or at least you, they they sort of tell you what the the movie's about. Like the new, the, you know, Dune Part Two came out this week. Mm-hmm. You know what that story is about if you've read the books and you watch the first movie. You sort of know what the next part is. Um, Right, so like it's and they it, gave you a yeah, it, it's it's impressive. Yeah, but. and it, and it does feel like the video part. You're only getting like three to f- maybe two to three seconds of a clip, and this is what we've talked about before, where you're in the early days of like um, uh, GIF imageries or GIF imageries. You know where it's like three seconds and it's back and forth. So yeah. you know again, the processing power is not there yet for video, but yeah, yeah. who knows? Like six months from now you won't maybe they'll solve this finger issue the other thing too is i don't think these are being generated in full hd i think it's only 720 okay i think, g- I think. i'm not sure let's let's go down that rabbit hole there's one there because I, I think you want to uh the this was like the fake beer commercial oh yeah we can do that okay uh, now we, don't play with the music because there's there would be a copyright right, yeah, issue because they use the smash mouth song but this is yeah so this is the bud light commercial and um, no th- it's not bud light it's a it's it, 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 it's a beer can that looks like bud light but it's not bud light let's just say let's call it bud light it's okay. blue <laughs> right you know and at this point i think bud light could use the, the free marketing okay maybe. But whatever anyways yeah <laughs> all right so now think about uh, nah, 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 you know the, the smash mouth song okay wait wait oh okay there's a floating beer can there <laughs> the people are drinking the beer wrong there's yeah. some, they've got finger issues too. One, two, three, four, five, yeah. six, seven. Yeah, I mean it's it's not going to get uh, fingers right, you know, because yeah. it doesn't know. Hold on, I'll pause it on a good one. Yeah, here. Oh, let <laughs> me go back. It's just it's that uh, actually does have four fingers. Five. Oh, there's one. <laughs> so do like, I mean, I'm not worried. Okay, but uh, now about AI replacing, you know, video, you know, acquisition. Video yeah, you're not worried for it right now. Right now, yeah. Because obviously, you can obviously tell that it's fake. But right, a year from now, six six months from now, a year from now, now if you're shooting a commercial and the technology gets better and it costs ten, you know, a hundred percent less, or you know, one or fifty percent less than it would to hire a bunch of actors and a director and all those other people involved. Like the cost involved in trying to generate an AI, one that gets close to what you've I got. I mean, how much should it cost to do this? I don't know. Nothing. But I'm assuming it would cost less than hiring 100 people and extras to dance around a barbecue scene and the directors and all the crew. Right, right. But this would never, this is something that would never actually be aired. Oh, absolutely not. I mean, I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's just kind of way over the top. <laughs> it's, just, it's kind of uh, nightmarish. Yeah. Um. And of course, they still don't get. They still. Let's just watch cat vibing for an hour. All right. All right. <laughs> so again, again, I think you know most of the fear that comes out of this is more about what if down the road. Yeah. Like if this never gets better, then then we've got nothing to worry about. But as we saw in the images, like early images were horrible. And now we've got some, some really good image quality things. If you write the right prompt and you get the right idea, you know, you've got stuff that, that can be generated quickly. 
I don't know how quick this can it would take for a video. I probably have to jump into some of the tools to see if I can play around with it to see how long it would take to generate something. I mean, if if any of this AI stuff is generated for film and video, right in the the Hollywood industry, it's going to throw it all out of whack. It would throw it all out of whack. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, we do have tools today. Uh, but again, it's that whole combination too of of taking you know now taking the, the the ability to clone someone's voice the ability to take old footage of an actor and de-age them mm-hmm. uh the ability to generate an original script with maybe funny jokes taking all of those together and then producing something like that the the voice the voice guy on that trailer sounded fine right that didn't you can that yeah, was probably not a real person. It's literally replacing jobs that human beings would be doing. Well, you're know just I mean? doing it as an example. I mean, this is just the one company and using it as an example. They're not actually... They didn't actually make that movie. Oh, no, I know. But, but I mean, like, that's the fear. <laughs> like, of it's going to replace yeah. jobs, right? Right. So, but anyways, it's yeah, something to keep an eye on. Do we want to show the Star Wars one? Yeah, I, I think you were saying that, 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 that it's more of an image-based thing. Yeah, but, it's more of an But image. it's out there. But go ahead and show it. Yeah, let's I, I don't like I, I know Wes Anderson's style, but I'm not a fan far, of his movies. Away, but I can tell that this is a like never before. This summer, Wes Anderson brings you a side of the Star Wars universe you've never seen before. See, this the is the reboot menagerie. that we need. Join this ragtag not that we deserve. crew of unlikely heroes <laughs> as they navigate the Are you a fan of Wes Anderson? A little bit. Yeah. Some of his stuff. And it's redefine good. what it means to be a rebel. Our mission is simple. We steal the Emperor's artifact, save the galaxy, and maybe find ourselves along the way. But I mean, stuff like this, like it, it's cool. It's neat, you know. Right. Um, it's definitely interesting. makes makes you think, like, what would a Star Wars movie look like if Wes Anderson did it? Right. And again, you this know? is the the creative types of prompts that humans are currently doing. So again, they're using this as a tool to create something that they wouldn't, you know. Again, if it wasn't for these tools, would someone have? How long would it have taken to someone to actually, you know, do CGI and and sort of create that on their own using existing tools, Photoshop and maybe you know, like all of those other tools. Maybe. Yeah. It could be used. Like I could totally see AI being used as kind of like proof of concept, like in the pre-production phases. Right. Right. Like similar to like what we were saying for writing, like drafting. Right. Okay. Maybe, you know, it could be used for pre-pro for or storyboarding. visualization, you know, like storyboarding, storyboarding, right? Right. Previs. Um, but yeah, it's like way far off from actually being implemented. Because again, I think you're gonna have the issue of you're gonna go get you're gonna go against the whole industry and people who like do these actual jobs. But anyways, yeah, I don't I don't think it's there just yet. But again, we're gonna talk about maybe in the future it'll. But like yeah. who knows? Maybe in in five years, this podcast will just have a AI generated me. And, and AI generated me. And too. AI generated I won't be. Pu- I won't actually be pushing buttons. And maybe, and we'll just be sitting on the Wally couches trying to come up with. I don't know. We'll just be feeding our ro- robot overlords. Yeah, yeah. We'll be getting them coffee. Uh, okay, so let's go to. There are two other stories I want to talk about uh, in today's episode. Um, re- remember that AR VR headset from Apple? Are you already wistful for the device that isn't even out yet? I'm not interested at all. (laughs) There's a story in Computer World this week um, by columnist Mike Elgin, uh, where he talks about the fact that AI might actually be putting AR out of business before AR even gets a chance to kind of shine in terms of the Apple 
yes, our Apple's upcoming AR glasses already obsolete. Now, interestingly, he's talking about generative AI and technologies that could be used instead of uh, a heavy, bulky goggle thing. And he points to a, uh, uh, a TED Talk that was given a few weeks ago by this company. Uh, what was the company's name? It was... It was um, oh, a startup called Humane, founded by ex-Apple employees Imran Chowdhury and Bethany Bongiorno. Uh, and these two are married. Uh, recently impressed AR fans with a smart new vision for how AR could work. During a TED Talk, Chowdhury showed off a body-worn connected device with a camera, microphone, and projector that also has access to AI and personal user data. Basically, AR without glasses. And so I've seen wearable devices before, and they look like the old Star Trek communicators. You push a button and something happens. But now this is the first time that it's sort of been that I've seen where it's integrated with a microphone, a speaker, a projector, a little projector. And there's a, an example where he projects something onto his hand. But they all work together and give you sort of an augmented reality feeling without having to see, without having to wear this huge bulky thing. Yeah, we have some samples here. Yeah, if you so pull I, one up. Yeah, so show show the sample of the candy bar. Candy bar. So I'm going right. to sort of describe what he's going to do, uh, or should I just okay. let him do it? Oh, it's, can I eat this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got it. Let's say you're health conscious, or you have certain types of food considerations. Let me just show you. Picked up one of these chocolates. Pulls out a candy bar. Yep. I used to eat a ton of these Holds when it up. I was a kid. Push a button. That activates the camera. Can I eat this? So it scans. A milky bar contains cocoa butter. Given your intolerance, you may want to avoid it. Okay, so pause so it. I can't eat these anymore. Yeah. So it, it, it scans the candy bar, knows what it is, knows the ingredients. Uh, then it cross-references that with his personal data that he's allowed it to have, this AI. Because it's a personal AI. It's not, it's not, you know, there's probably privacy uh, can, you know, basically safeguards in there. Right. But it knows that he shouldn't need it because it's got cocoa butter and he's got an intolerance for cocoa butter. So uh, that so, idea... So his, so his data... Rather, rather, so again, rather than if he was, you know, maybe carrying something on his phone yeah. and would scan the candy bar and then it would go... Uh, and then maybe it goes to some cloud somewhere and... It tells you what ingredients are, and then you have to remember if you're allergic to something or not, or if you're wearing, you know, let's let's say these are the glasses, right? You know, and then I'm looking at the candy bar and and doing it this way, and only instead of these glasses, it's now, you know, a big goggles. Yeah. So Mike Elgin in the computer world article is saying like things like that may actually supplant this idea of like maybe we were thinking about augmented reality in a in a different way. We always thought it was going to be glasses or or you know, with, with vision rather than why not just have something that can, you know, this, this camera can scan right, something right. in front of you. Yeah. I always get a little, a little skeptical about these kind of like live demos. Cause sometimes yeah. you don't know if they're like fully scripted or not, but something like this, like uh, I can believe that um, here, let me show. There was the, another one like the catch up, catch me up. Right. Yeah. Well, let me show this one. The one where it projects. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and we agree something on his hand he also, yeah. so he holds his hand in front of it Sorry. Yep. and that's the projector coming out this of the device this is my wife and I'm going to have to get this hello hey babe hey Bethany how's it going good are you a Ted <laughs> yeah I'm on the red circle and obviously right now. this was all set up oh great good 
It makes you think, yeah. It, it might, was set up. It it's, might, it's it's might be set up, dude. Yeah. I won't be thinking. But still, like that that's cool. That's a cool concept. Uh, and then the third one was the Catch Me Up, which he, he basically told it to catch me up. And it, it basically scanned all of his emails, emails calendar, calendar invites, and basic, and then and the, and not just did it didn't just read off the emails, it actually summarized the emails and summarized the calendar invite right. and told him in plain English what was going on. So you want to show that part? You got Imagine that one? this: you've been in meetings all day, and you just want a summary of what you've missed. Catch me up. These are emails, calendar invites, and messages. Yeah, that's right. cool. Yeah, so the cool part is that the summary part, not just the list of things. Because I've seen things where it's like, hey, read me my emails. And then you get a, a voice that goes, to Keith, hello, this is so-and-so from so-and-so. And this is what we'd like you to do. It's like, well, no, I don't want to. Like, tell me if it's important or not. Like, almost like analyze it for Like, you almost had a virtual assistant. The fact that, like, Apple... And Amazon and all of these big companies that have invested all this money into this idea of a of a Jarvis. I mean, that's about the closest thing. It's basically I've seen what doing. it is. It's basically what it is. Yeah, that's um, the closest thing I've seen in in a long time. To yeah, that and kind who, of idea. So what, what what company makes this? It's a startup called Humane. Humane. Are you, you going to go look it up now in the middle of our show? I am. <laughs> okay. Actually, I am. <laughs> But continue. All right. Well, I got nothing else other than than maybe the, the you know this guy's got a uh, you know Mike Elgin's got a really good point about um, maybe we don't even need the glasses. Maybe we don't you know and not, maybe maybe Apple is holding something in its back pocket and you know we're gonna find out in about a month or two or in a month. Yeah. No. Maybe. If, yeah. If they is, launch it, this is pretty cool. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, well, we'll have to keep an eye on them. And then again, this is a startup. And again, lots of startups, they, you know, maybe they'll get bought by Apple and then we'll never see it again. Or maybe they'll, maybe they'll, you know, run out of money or maybe they'll, you know, change the world. That's what the problem with startups are, is that you never know which way they're going to go. I hope they don't get bought out. Because then again, just to like or, what you're saying, like you, Apple will have a meeting and then, they'll, watch it. and then they'll steal the technology. Yeah. Or Microsoft will do it. It'll be the or new Siri. Facebook. It'll be the new Siri. Facebook will grab it. Meta. But the, but yeah, that, that's really cool. That so work. it's this yep. little device, it's the camera right here. Camera and, projector. Uh, I think it's embedded speaker. in his jacket. Well, I think it's clipped on. Oh, I don't it's think clipped it's, on? Yeah, I don't think you have to buy the jacket. <laughs> jacket, <laughs> jacket not included. And it might connect to your phone. Hmm. I hope it connects to your phone and not. I mean, it's not actually a phone. Yeah, I mean, it's going to have to sync with some sort of account. So yeah. probably your Google account or Apple account. I, I don't know. Because it's going to have to pull all it, that Yeah, and again, any tech demos like that at, at like a tech TED Talk or uh, Disrupt type tech crunch demo type thing. Well, it's honestly what, what makes me skeptical is the gaming industry. You see all the yeah. live demos and, oh, yeah. oh, these are the new graphics for the game. You'll be able to do this, this, and this. And then when you get the game, it's... It's Pong. It's, it's nothing like... <laughs> it's, it's nothing like what they showed. It's Pong. Right. Okay, last story. Uh, you know, Gen Z gets a lot of sort of... Like each generation, you know how they all, they all get... Um, 
uh, piled on. Like you know, you're just like, oh, th- this gen, this generation is is lazy or whatever. They're going retro. They're going retro, and in a good way. I don't think this is a bad trend. I actually very, I support this idea. Uh, a lot of Gen Zers are snapping up flip phones. Uh, going back to a world where they don't have to get all of these constant notifications and scrolling through Instagram and TikTok and constantly being attached to your phone, um, there's a bunch of new phones that are that have come out by companies uh, like Motorola or no, I won't say Motorola. It might not even be Motorola. Uh, Nokia. Nokia is one, and you know everybody remembers the Nokia phones that they had. Uh, I had a great LG flip phone. I loved that thing. It was like this big. It was only. Mm-hmm. It was. It was tiny. And then. And then when you flipped it up, it made you feel like you're a Star Trek communicator. Yeah, like that's it. That may be now. That now that even looks too bigger than the one that I had. I think I still have it in a box somewhere. I'm going to bring that in at some point. Well, what was the old? Uh, I had one of these. Um, the Nokia brick phones. Yep. It wasn't even a flip phone. Yep. All, the only form of entertainment you had on it was snake. Uh, snake. Yeah, that was it. And honestly, I thought it was fun. Back I think then. you could still probably you could probably play Snake on your iPhone, couldn't you? Oh yeah, yeah. 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 But it's not as fun, or not as you know, not as interesting. Right. Oh, I'm looking at the wrong story. I was like, why is that thing not coming up? But yeah, I know that's interesting. Um, um, and again, I I like the idea of not having. Like having a, then of course they're not, I don't think they're giving up their, I think what they're doing is they're buying this as a secondary phone, to be honest, as you read through this story. Yeah. Um, I think they still have all of their other main phones, but when they're out at a, at a party or an event, they can just have this to have the phone. When they go to Coachella or if they need to get unplugged, I'm sure they bring their, their flip phones and just text or I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. So again, let's let's give it up for you know at least at least the acknowledgement from a generation of users that maybe this is too much. Um, Good job, Gen Z. Yeah, we're with you, Gen Z. And I, and again, I look at my kids. My kids are on the tail end of Gen Z in the beginning of the new one, which I think is called Gen Alpha. Which again, you've run out of letters, so you have to you have to flip over and, and start again. Because again, why we started with X, and then right, went yeah. X Y Z, and then. Now we got to go to A and so yeah. alpha or, digi- or the I generation or something like that. Anyway, um, my kids are in sort of the tail end of one and in the beginning of the other. And, and I, I watch my teenagers and they have their phones and they're just, she's, she's, one of them is just doing this all the day. Scrolling, 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 scrolling. And is she learning anything? I mean, I'm not sure if she's, I mean, it's just, it's just a time, time filler. And I find myself doing that it's too. A, it's a distraction. Yeah. I used to do. I used to basically kill my time by playing dumb mobile games like Candy Crush and things like that. Now I'm just flipping and watching videos. Yeah, um, I, I find myself sometimes just mindlessly scrolling, and I'm like, oh, "Okay, I gotta, I gotta put it down. Right, I gotta, I gotta do something." Yeah, before be you know productive. it, you've you've killed a half an hour. I'm like, okay. Well, it's fascinating now because a lot of our phones they'll have a, a tracker on it that'll it'll tell you how much time you spent on specific apps, and you can see like how much time you spent on like Facebook, Instagram, yeah. YouTube. It reminds you how much uh, of your life you're wasting. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. At least for me, I'm trying to curve it. You know, um, you know, first step is to admitting that you you know know what you're doing, right? Oh yeah, I mean it's it's so blatantly obvious. At least for me, it's like uh, get off get off the phone. All right, so. Uh, Great topics. I think uh, we'll have a lot of comments in the in the comments below. I hope. If not, go ahead and do it. That's all the time we've got for today. Thanks for watching. 
subscribe. Make sure you like the video as well and uh, catch new episodes of Tech Today in Tech every week. I'm Keith Shaw. Thanks for watching.